HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got two buddies that they grew up together. They love to hunt together. They started a podcast and a YouTube channel, and they live in different parts of the country now. So we're going to kind of dissect that, what that looks like, how their hunts differ from one another, but then also the hunts that they enjoy doing together. So I'm really excited to have both Nick Mathias and Cole Bushore on the podcast today, and we're going to jump right into this one. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show today is Nick Mathias and Cole Bushor. And these guys have a YouTube channel, a podcast called Jumping the String. Now, let me get this right. Nick, you're in Montana, and Cole, you're in Indiana, right? Correct. That's right. So how did you guys come about starting a podcast together? I mean, did you did you know each other long before starting a podcast, or uh, did you guys meet at like a show, or how'd that play out? Yeah, you so are, uh, yeah, I'll take this one. Um, Cole and I grew up uh, pretty much same small town uh went to school together church together orthodontist together um dentist together i mean we somehow ended up going to everything together since we were like six years old um same friend group same everything got um he grew up hunting his whole life pretty much i got into it a little later in life in my uh later teens but um hunting and fishing together and um shooting guns and partying in small small town indiana and then uh i moved west about five years ago and he's still out there and uh i've been wanting to start a podcast for a couple years i think i started thinking about in 2017 finally started it in 2021 and uh kind of got it off the ground now we do this long distance um podcast where we just kind of average Joe's talking about hunting and fishing and love the outdoors and uh, just love to kind of chat with each other about it. And whoever listens, listens. Nick, are you, are you big into Western hunting now? Like coming from Indiana, there's not a lot of other big game aside from whitetail. And I don't know, do you guys have a bear season there? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an interesting transition. I uh, pretty much had no experience hunting out west um just kind of moved out here because i wanted to uh start hunting big game and everything so um all self-taught western big game hunting which is kind of insane um had a couple of good mentors a lot of youtube videos and just a lot of trial and error a lot of spooking animals missed shots and uh yeah it's been uh it's been a wild ride but uh, slowly but surely 
getting uh, the feel of it, and it's been awesome. Um, you know, we've had a lot of successful seasons out here, so it's been awesome. Are you uh, are you chipping away at Cole, trying to get him to move out there with you, or what? Yeah, it's got him about eighty seven percent there, I'd say. And uh, I'm uh, dang eighty seven percent, man. You're close, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you're about to start looking for places to live. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm eighty seven percent of myself. The rest of that thirteen percent is is my wife. That's that's what uh, I'm working on. I I keep sending her videos of like girls walking out on the front porch with their coffee in the morning and like looking over like snowy mountains or like a great mountains with some good foliage going up. I'm like, man, this could be us. She goes, man, that looks beautiful. I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, whenever you want to go, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go because uh, I don't know if Nick said uh, when you're talking before I got on was uh, I actually got to go out there this past year and uh, man, it was, it was crazy. Like I I've been out West and uh been to colorado utah um where else have i been montana uh, now Arizona. yeah now montana and then like that like tops it i mean that was it like after that i'm like this is what i'm talking about because like colorado i go to visit family i've never been hunting but like hunting out west was a game changer it was i was very nervous because coming from indiana Uh-oh. You know, like seeing family, but not uh, back. I was okay. It ended up being okay. I got a couple wins that I had to, like, take a breather, but most of most of it was, uh, it was better than I expected. I was very nervous about getting altitude sickness because we were – we stayed out in the mountains for a couple of days, and uh, I was – I was hoping I wasn't at to tell Nick that uh, I had to chicken out because I was getting altitude sickness. Dude, it's no joke, man. That brings people down hard. But yeah, I've no. Uh, there's a company. I don't. It might just be called O2, but basically it's a can, like a compressed can of air of oxygen really? with like a little mask on it, and you can just put it over your face and get like good oxygen. I mean, like really rich oxygen. Really? and help with that and i saw it on shark tank of all places but as soon as i did i was like that's brilliant for western hunting especially you know coming from the midwest it's a whole different ball game yeah because you live in missouri yeah yeah i'm in missouri and you know it's it's probably maybe around a thousand feet of elevation yeah. here but then going out going right. out west you know sometimes i'm hunting 8,000 feet. Sometimes I'm hunting 12,000 feet. So it's kind of anybody's guess. Yeah. I always tell people when they come out to, uh, if you're coming for a seven day hunt, do everything you absolutely can to make it a 10 day hunt. So you have time on the front end to, uh, you know, get ready, give yourself, you know, one night at 3,500, 4,000 feet or whatever. And then, uh, get yourself up to that seven, eight, nine, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, I mean, it makes sense to just take, take your time because 
it, it's difficult because coming from out of state, going to going to the west, you know, it's a big trip already. And so then to plan a few days ahead of that in order to go out and get acclimated, that can be a, a real challenge and a real struggle for people. But it is worth it if it means that you're actually going to be able to get out there and enjoy your hunt and not um, not kill yourself, not have to be medevaced off the mountain. Yeah, Cole had a rough go because he had to drive. Um, it's basically 24 hours. Um, I'm pretty sure he set the land speed record for coming out from <laughs> Indiana, Montana. Pretty much drove straight through on nothing but um, caffeine and Red Bull and hope. And uh, <laughs> he got out here. He crashed for like six hours. And then we were up on the mountain at seven the next day. He was a champ. I mean, he was tired, but he was getting after it. It was awesome. Yeah, what was that like, Cole? I mean, having to drive that far and then jump. I mean, I get it. the The first day of the hunt, like you're jacked. It, you never get enough sleep leading up to that day, but your adrenaline carries you. It's like the days following that really start to take a take a toll. Yeah, no, because uh, we were like, uh, we were supposed to have a buddy that was supposed to come with us. Uh, he was gonna fly from North Carolina to uh, Chicago and I was going to pick him up on the way. Cause I kind of had to go that way anyway from Indiana, but his uh, dad ended up getting real sick. So he wasn't able to make it. So I was like, Oh boy, this is gonna, this could be a fun 24 hour trip by myself. No, no, no. And, uh, we uh, thought we, uh, the other, we thought the trip was over and then Cole's like, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cause Nick was like, if you still want to come, Cole, I was like, oh, I'm coming. I'm like, I'm, I already got, I got my gear. I've already got the time off. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this no matter what. And, uh, yeah, I left at like 5 PM on a Thursday and I got there by nine, nine thirty Friday night. Dang. So. I, I took like a two hour nap and then that was really it. And then I got there the next house and like, I was st- like, when you get there, you're still the, like, you're like driving. You're like, Oh man, I'm, I'm not going to make it. And then I get there. I'm like, Oh, I'm ready to go. Let's, you know, I'm let's get on the mountain now. So, and then the next day we went to like the gun range and then we went up for a hunt and I felt like it started to take a toll on me probably probably like three or four days in, I'm like, man, this is uh like, he's like, Oh, we're going to hike up here. I'm like, damn, man, that's a long way. Maybe we can find you know, something shorter. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm out here. I only got so many days out here. Uh, let's do it. You know? So it was, and then I drove home. I was planning on stopping cause I had a doe tag in Eastern Montana. That was good for opening day of gun season. And that was a Saturday. So I left Friday night i mean friday morning and i was going to plan on finding it like getting out to eastern montana because nick's on the western side i was going to plan on getting to eastern montana and uh finding some public ground and uh, i was going to hunt saturday morning till like noon and then i was going to drive home my uh on my way home my dog my wife texted me and said hey marley that's my black lab she's uh she's not she's not doing good she's throwing up all the time and she's hasn't been eaten she goes i don't know what's wrong with her i'm like oh man i was like and she's seven not too old but old enough where uh health 
risk could be involved involved so yeah. i was like uh maybe i just you know i better just get home well i ended up just driving straight 24 hours home so i i did again and i again so i and i actually beat my time by 10 minutes on the way home Jeez, man that's insane so yeah, yeah i figure we uh um, I'm building the I'm building the shop and I'm gonna get Cole out here to uh do my electrical for me and uh we're gonna time it right for turkey season. So that should push him over the edge. Um he should be moved in and have his residency before archery season. <laughs> see see the nice thing about turkey hunting is you know it's not typically an all-day affair like western big game hunting is. I mean well, I mean it is for some people. Some people do the morning and evening thing, but I like to hunt all day when I'm Western hunting. Um, yeah. But yeah, turkey hunting, dude, you'll get out there and you'll hit a bird right away. Then you're going to be good and you can wire up a whole shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I. it's funny. I've done this done this before. We got a that buddy that's supposed to come with us. He lives in North Carolina and he needed a generator hooked up. And I'm like, he's like, I don't want to pay anybody out here. I'd much rather pay you. I was like, all right, I'll, you know, you pay for my gas and, and pay for the stuff and I'll do it for free. I just, I'll just drive out there and stay with you for a couple of days. So I wired the generator in one day and then he took me on uh three days of fishing trips. So Dang. I, I think that's a good, uh, I think that's, that's a good, a good uh, compromise. Dude, that's a great business strategy right there. Like, Hey, I'll come out and do it. And then we go and hunt and fish. And then it's all yep. under like the business side of things. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like we could really turn it into something. I saw I may have already mentioned this on the podcast to somebody else, but I saw a pretty funny thing the other day and it was like police officer said that he would basically for 400 bucks him and his buddies would show up in uniform in squad cars, arrest you, take you to jail, <laughs> tell your wife yeah. absolutely nothing, and then he would drop you off at the airport, you could go fishing or hunting for the week, and then the next week he would bring you back home and release you or he'd put you in a jail cell call her and then she could come pick you up and like, yep. no question it is all like, a big a good... misunderstanding yeah hey this is all it's our fault our bad Dude, and the guy's in a, a super great... good mood the whole time yeah talk about a good business plan is <laughs> a good business adventure i i i'd be down to do that too i'm like sorry sorry babe i got arrested out uh they're supposed to release me in a couple days so uh i'll be out when i can yeah, I'll explain everything. Yep, I'll explain everything. In five days. Like, <laughs> In five days. It's like, why did you why did you leave a jail cell with thirty five pounds of meat? I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, this is just what they gave me. <laughs> this is just what they gave me. That's awesome. So, okay, let's let's jump to Nick. Nick, what does your hunting look like out in Montana now? And then I'd like to hear Cole kind of what you're into back home in Indiana and then obviously some of your trips and, and what those have looked like. Um, wait, Perfect. I'm going to back up before that. I want to know how this trip went that you went on 24 oh, hours driving straight there, 24 hours straight back. How was the trip in between? The trip was great. Uh, like I said, the first day we went to the gun range, made sure our guns were on point. Um, I should really start off the trip with, so Nick told me to put in for general elk and general mule deer and uh for for bull and buck he's like and, it's cow, like elk. and cow elk 
He's like, it's like an 85% chance of you getting it. I'm like, he's like, just do the whole, the whole bundle. I'm like, okay. So I did that. And, uh, then I got something back said, I didn't get in. I'm like, okay. Dang. I'm like, what's, uh, I'm like, so I'm like, so I'm the 15% that was unlucky. I'm like, okay, well, uh, Nick, I still like, I'm still buying gear. Um, what can I still come out there to do? Cause I already had like the days off, you know, I still want to come out there and, and do this. And, uh, he's like, you could put in for, uh, antelope, uh, mule deer doe, another cow elk and, uh, a white tailed doe. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. All I got was a white tailed doe. I could shoot one of those in my backyard. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you could still come out for a white tailed doe if you want to. I was like, I will, but like, it, like, is there any good like over the counter options? You know, like, I, I'll, I'll just do about anything to get out there. He's like, well, you get get a a fall bear tag. I'm like, that's cool with me. And he's like, might as well get a wolf tag too. You know, if we see one, I'm like, okay. So I buy that over the counter. I have to do, oh, before I do that, I got to do the bear identification course. It's like a 30 question course on, is this a black bear or grizzly? Black bear gr- grizzly. Oh, yeah. So I missed one. I don't know how I missed one, but I, I guess I missed one. Um, they throw so a couple werewolves that. in there. <laughs> Big foot. So, uh, the whole like couple months ahead of time, Nick's sending me all like there's having a lot of wild wildfires. He went out opening day elk and he said it was the smokiest he's ever like had the hunting. He goes, he couldn't, he's like, it was like a fog. I'm like, oh man, hopefully every, he's like, everything should be good by the time you get here. I'm like, okay. And then like a couple weeks before, he's like, everything looks good. Weather looks good. I'm like, perfect. And then we get out there and I had bears picked out for you. Yeah, a couple yeah, of bears like, on trail he's sitting, cam. He, he's sending me Snapchats of bears like <laughs> off the side of like the logging roads up in the mountains. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm just getting jacked now. I'm like, oh, oh man. yeah. First, first, first day bear. Then we'll, you know, then we'll go. I'll go buy like a uh, extra tag or something. And you know what? Uh, oh, because they have fall turkey. I was like, I'll buy a extra, couple extra turkey tags. You know, we'll have a good time. This and, was uh, our real quick. This was our downfall. We're like. We're going to get this Montana bear so quick we can run to Idaho, pick up one of yep. their over-the-counter tags, and then hunt bear over there. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we were count, I mean, counting I'm, our trophies before we hatched. <laughs> Which was a bad idea. I know we should have done that, but I was just I was just jacked up, like, okay, like, we don't have bears around here. I'm like, this is going to be so cool. Uh, so, of course, I get out there, and it's the hottest October they've had in 22 years. So it was 75, 80 during the day. And then it still got cold at night. But I mean, there was, we saw plenty of fresh bear sign all over the place. I mean, it was, there was bear scat everywhere, especially on this one side of the mountain that we, we stayed on. This was our second mistake. Yeah. (laughs) We stayed right where the bear scat was, which was probably not a good idea, but it was a perfect, I'll, I'll just send you a picture, Dan. It was a perfect overview of a whole, like, huge mountainside, a good ravine where they could go down and get water. They had, we had fresh berries over here. I mean, it was like a bear paradise, but of course it was, you know, just too hot during the day for those bears to be out. And so yeah. this is where the trip 
really got to me was that first night we hiked three and a half miles up 2000 feet of elevation. Uh, we had to bring in a, a camp stove so we could stay warm. So we had a game cart that we had to push up the mountain. Cause, and it, I, and I way overpacked. I've, you know, I've always said like, don't overpack, you know, don't overpack. I'm like, uh, you know, I kind of want this. My pack had to be at least 70 pounds. Horrible we left the, mistake. we left the, uh, we left the trail and I'm like, Cole, I'm like we can try this man, but you look like a yard sale right now already. We didn't even started yet. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll, I think I'll be all right. And then my, I pushed the game cart first and I'm just like, Oh boy, this is, this is my first day. This is, this would be a rough seven days. We finally yeah. got there. It took, us, took us about an hour and a half, probably two hours. Would you say Nick, probably about that time? Yeah, we got up there probably. Well, we started, we went up glass a little bit, probably took us three or four total with a couple stops, but we were hunting yeah, in about an hour or two. Yeah. So we got there and this logging road hasn't been used for, 20 something years. So there's overgrown trees and stuff. And then we see bear scat, bear scat, bear scat. And I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. So we set up camp there. And, uh, that night we got that fire going in there. I got in a, my sleeping bag and it was just like lights instantly out. unconscious. Instant. Just, like yeah. as soon as that, as soon as that warmth hit me from the fire, I was out. And then Nick, unfortunately, when he went to go stoke the fire, he rolled his pad over on his knife and it poked a hole in his pad. So he sunk all the way to the ground. Oh no. So, so he's just laying on the ground. So he's uncomfortable. And I, all I wake up to is, Hey bear, Hey bear. And I'm (laughs) like, what? I'm like, what's, what's going on? And, and then all I hear is outside the tent, like, I'm like, so I'm like reaching for my pistol underneath my my pillow, and Nick's got his pistol drawn at the tent, like, and you can see the shadow of the bear on the side of the tent. Oh my god! And, and if it ended up walking away, but I was just like, my wife was like, I told her a story. She goes, if Nick's pad didn't like bust, that bear would have been in the tent with you. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, because I was out. I mean, I was lights out i i had no like i woke up i had no idea where out it's one of those sleeps where you wake up you're like what you know what's going on where am i just Jeez. from the all the exhaustion from driving and then hiking up so that that was pretty exciting i was not expecting our first night out like sleeping out there to have a bear like probably two yards from our tent dude yeah that was wild man <laughs> It, uh, it, it was pretty intense. So yeah, we ended up staying there like the whole, like the whole next day glassing, nothing moved to another spot. Uh, went and got some water because we told me to bring extra water and I did. And <laughs> Nick forgot his extra water. So I had to share my extra water with Nick. So that trip down from the mountain, we were very thirsty. And then we got, got to the, <laughs> the creek in the bottom and uh, we filtered some water and that was the best. I mean, that was the best water I've ever had in my life. Dude, there's was... nothing better than like mountain stream water when you're super thirsty, freshly filtered. Had there's just ice on it. filtering your own water. Yeah, man. There's like, 
there's ice on the edges because it it was getting pretty pretty uh, cold at night. It was getting to uh, like 28 degrees at night. We we saw yeah. a couple times, so it was still pretty cold. But yeah, so we next the next day we we stayed at another cool campsite. They actually had like the campsite we stayed at there. We actually ran in town and uh, got some extra supplies because it was only like 12 miles. And then uh, I got a six pack of uh, Coors uh, Banquet uh just to sit by the fire have a good time in the mountains i'm like nothing better than drinking some rocky mountain beer in the in the rocky mountains so yeah we ended up putting it in the creek to keep it warm i mean cool and then we went for a couple hikes didn't see anything but we had a good game plan for the third day went back cooked some sausages had some coors banquets at by the fire and and that was like this is this is living i mean it wasn't you know we were still out there, but it wasn't like a, you know, eating uh, your ready wise meals and stuff like we ate a couple of them, but it wasn't that far. But it's still like that's nothing I've ever done around here. You know, deer, yeah. you know we go to you go to deer camp and you're sleeping in a house and, you know, sitting around a, a table hanging out. But yeah, that was it was an experience. So, yeah, like the first like four or five days where we I was like real confident and then like by the end of the fifth day i got like a day and a half left i'm like yeah i don't know if this is gonna happen and thanks to nick i mean we drove those last that last day and a half we probably put five six hundred miles on his truck put i mean we put so many hours behind the glass uh i mean it was that that last day and a half i mean we to say we didn't try was it was was we did not we definitely did way more than that so i yeah, mean, I, think I, we figured I, out. I came home i came home happy because you know it's not like we were like two days in we're like oh no bears we'll just you know we'll just go hang out at the local watering hole and you know go back up tomorrow no we we grinded it out and that's yeah. what i wanted to do so it was a hell of a trip i mean i can't wait to get back out there my wife made a joke when i got home she said so did you get all your big game out west hunts out of your system? I said, no, this is this is just the beginning. So <laughs> that just lit the fuse, baby. Yeah, yeah, it just it just lit the fuse real good. So yeah, it was it's, it was it's a cool. Great time. Like Western hunting, man. It's it's different. Not that not that you can't still go out and have fun in the Midwest or out East hunting. But like when you go out West hunting and you put all these miles on in the vehicle, like driving forest roads or on foot, like there's people who do that and that's all they do without a gun. You know, they're not even hunting. They just go out there to do hiking trips. Mm -hmm. And so like you can have an incredible time even without doing, without pulling the trigger or sending an arrow. And that's my thing. I told my buddy Chris, when I got back from a mountain lion hunt, I was like, dude, you'd love it. Like, I never saw a mountain lion. The dogs got on a couple tracks, which was awesome. But I plan on going back and doing it. But even without hunting at all, like, we're going on 4 by 4 trails with my buddies Tacoma. And it's just, like, <laughs> rock crawling our way up the mountain. We're looking around for tracks. And so even without the hunting aspect of it, it's an amazing trip. Yeah. I, I couldn't ask for anything better it was i can't wait to go back out where i i always i'm already saving up for for the next big one hey man 13 yeah, percent to go and you're just going to be living out there 
Yep. I, that's the 13% is my wife. I just, I just gotta, gotta find a job and that, that'd be pretty easy with Nick out there. He could do some scouting for me, but yeah, the 13% is my wife. Nice. Nick, how yeah. long, how long had you been living there and hunting out there before Cole came out to hunt with you? Yeah. So, uh, this will be my fifth year out here. So last year would have been four and we took him to my secret bear spot. Um, a guy I know shot a ton of bears out of there. I shot a boar out of there in the spring, nice boar and uh black bear. So we, we went up there and I'm kind of kicking myself because had we not camped where we had, we probably would have shot that bear. Cause, um, I mean, just from following his tracks and scat, you could pattern them. I mean, it was like every 10 feet you're walking into a new pile of bear crap. And we, I think we just spooked him that first night and, but it was yeah. the only flat spot on the entire mountain to pitch a tent. So we kind of had to do what we had to do. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta take those when you find them for sure. Yeah. Dang, man. I have, I, I've gotten a couple bear tags have not even come close to shooting one. We did come across some really fresh prints in the snow one time. Um, uh, up in Montana, what is the meat harvest requirements for bear do you have to harvest the meat on that because i found out in utah bear and mountain lion you don't have to harvest any meat which i thought was really bizarre all you have to do is take the cape on those yeah so uh here in montana it's it's just like anywhere else elk deer um you got to take the the four quarters the back straps tenderloins um so that's the main requirement and you also, um, obviously everybody wants their bear hide and skull, um, but that has to come out too. Um, the yeah. downside to that is that can weigh another hundred pounds if you get a big boar just in the hide and skull. So uh, Idaho, however, um, I think it's statewide, but definitely in the wilderness units, um, it is, uh, well, one, you can get two bear tags for a discounted rate, which is nice. Um and just because they have so many, they're trying to um, help out that the deer and elk numbers a little bit. But uh, you only have to pull out the hide and the skull. So, um, okay. and that is because one, the bears over there don't taste that great, and two, um, they want you to go in twenty miles and shoot a bear, and you just are not going to be able to by yourself get a bear out twenty miles back, or even with four people. So. Um, they take that into consideration. So kind of interesting. Um, I'm not sure of many places, you know, like you're saying, Utah is one of them, um, but most places, uh, including Montana is you're pulling out all the, you know, traditionally kept meat, the four quarters, backstraps, tenderloins. Yeah. You, you had mentioned that the meat doesn't taste that great. What, what is it about that area that makes it taste bad? Uh, I think it's just because they're at a higher elevation. They're getting, um, they have less food for less amount of time over there. So um, some of the, like here, um, they have, they have good taste in bears. I've had some, we, uh, um, we ran a bait site in Idaho last spring. We got two bears out of, so that was awesome. But, and they tasted fine, but they were low land bears, like 3,500 feet, uh, smaller bears. Um, those bigger wilderness boars, they get back in there for miles. And uh, 
there's a ton of them. You know, if you've ever watched any of the uh, YouTube videos on Idaho, you know, there's a lot of great bear hunting back there. But, man, it is incredibly hard. You're doing 10, 12-mile days, everything yeah. on your back, you know, no resupply, no nothing. It's a truly backcountry hunt. Um, and then there's just less food for less amount of time. And then when they get old, um, they just start to get a little leathery and dried out. Um, get, get more tough. I mean, I'm yep. sure a lot of that, like if you prepare them right, it's going to cook a lot of that out of it. But, oh, yeah. um, it is interesting because I hear a lot of people about it. It seems like every species has certain people where they're like, oh man, pigs, dude. You can't shoot a big boar. Those things taste like crap. I mean, you might as well chew on your shoe, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, then whitetail, you know, oh, you know, the does and the fawn or the does and the yearlings, they taste like they taste way better than a big buck. And with elk, oh man, elk's good, but you shoot a big bull and it's always in the sage. It's not going to taste very, it, it just seems like everybody has an oh. opinion about, about the meat. And what I've discovered is if you find the right person who knows how to cook it, it's going to be good. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. For me. And I think it's, I think <laughs> I it's very, about... uh, I think it's very animal dependent too. Cause you can get, yeah. again, one of them big boars that doesn't taste good at all, but then you can get one that tastes great. Cause he's been eating a different food source. Um, yeah. just like you hear all the time, the, you know, the big grizzlies and brown bears in Alaska, they don't taste good cause they eat so many Marine resources and then but you got people that that's all they eat so yeah um is those brown and grizzly bears so um the bear i got i gave cole some to take back and um this bear is freaking phenomenal i mean it was crazy how fat he was um early uh i guess it was kind of late spring when i shot him um it was like a fall bear with his fat like he never even hibernated so i mean it was the amount of fat we got off this bear is like insane. It's like 12 Mason jars of rendered fat, which is awesome. Dang. But, uh, yeah, but then I've had bears that it's like, mm, this tastes a little off, but yeah, I think you're definitely well, right. I, it's, it's wonder, all about the preparation. Yeah. I wonder how much of it obviously is preparation, but then also how the animal dies, you know, cause I, I know with, um, like, with with pigs when we used to butcher pigs you shoot them quick like you shoot them in the head right and yeah i we would typically shoot them with a captive bolt gun or with the 22 and they just drop but they told me hey listen if you if you shoot them and they drop right away and you bleed them out quickly you know you get all that blood out they're going to be really good whereas if you mess it up or the animal is super stressed out that was another thing we did with the pigs is we wouldn't feed them for like the day before we were going to butcher so that they were hungry and we'd put feed out for them like right next to the fence so we could use the captive bolt gun and they'd just be so relaxed and eating the food. We wouldn't shoot them when they were stressed out. And he's like, you can taste that in the meat. You know, mm-hmm. like you can you can tell with the tenderness, with the texture, with the flavor of the meat if you kill that animal when it's totally stressed out, when it's freaking out and you're chasing it down and you have to shoot it and like there's a big difference. So I wonder how much of that is people have bad experiences with an animal that maybe they put a shot on and it didn't die right away. It ran for a while. It was stressed. They had to shoot it again. That could be 
their only experience with it. And because of that, they're like, oh, no, those animals don't taste good. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now, I went down there with Rogue Texan Outfitters and Landon and Brandon, the owners, put us on the animals. We killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air. On top of that, we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal to more hogs. I didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me, and it is to this day the most action-packed day of hunting I've ever had. I stand by what I've said in the past, and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on. In addition, they offer sandhill crane hunts and predator calling, so if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year, go check out roguetexan.com and book your hunt today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I've always heard when I was growing up, like we went when we started like goose hunting. Uh, those t- those things taste like leather. Those things, you know, those are just you know throw them to the coyotes. I don't know how I forgot that in my analogy. Geese and waterfowl. Everybody (laughs) complains about geese and waterfowl. Everybody. Everybody's like, oh, that just just tastes like liver. If you just slow cook it, get a medium rare, put some bacon on it, you know, if you want some extra flavor, those are the best tasting animals ever. I mean, it. my buddy cooked up a whole bunch of speckled bellies last year for a big party. And he just slow cooked them on his on his smoker, got him like medium rare, you know, medium. And that dude, I'd eat that over over anything any day. I mean, right before the podcast, my buddy just dropped off a whole bunch of speckled belly meat for me because he doesn't eat it because he doesn't like it. I'm like, I'll take it. I, I I'm not opposed to eating that because I I love it. Anybody that doesn't like waterfowl hasn't had a uh, jalapeno cream cheese. Uh, waterfall popper wrapped in bacon. Dude, I just oh, yeah. talked to somebody about that the other day. If you add bacon, cream cheese, and jalapenos to anything, it's going to taste good. Like yeah. It doesn't matter what you're cooking. You could find the toughest, nastiest part of that animal. You throw those ingredients in with it, and you're you're in the money. Yeah, and if, and if that person doesn't like it, then that person should just be a vegetarian because that's, that's the best tasting <laughs> meal you can have. So what's funny is, like, I think another part of it is just people's palates, you know, some people, like, I get it. I'm not an onion fan. I don't like onions anyway. I, I hate and onions. I hate onions. I know people that would eat a raw onion. Like, I mean, they're they're possibly serial killers, but, like, they would eat <laughs> onions anyway. And when my buddy shot his mountain goat, I ate it, and I took one bite. I mean, we cooked up the back straps. We cooked up some trout that we caught up in the high streams. And the trout was amazing. That mountain goat tasted like a gut shot deer smells i mean like it was that it was that nasty i kid you not and i'm like i mean it could be the fact that that was one tough animal i mean it took a lot to put that animal down like it was alive for quite a while after the initial shot and i mean he Mm -hmm. kept trying to make follow-up shots on it and it just seemed like it would eat the bullet and like keep going and keep going and so, again, it goes back to the whole stress side of it. It could have been that, but that's my only experience yeah. with mountain goat. But it was enough. The flavor of that meat was enough to make me quit putting in for mountain goat. Like, I don't put in for <laughs> preference points for mountain goat anymore. It was that bad. 
And then the other one of the other guys, Josh, and this is after I'm climbing to like 12, 13,000 feet every day. You know, like we're going after these things. Yeah. And typically when you're putting out that much energy or you're expending that much energy, everything tastes good. I couldn't yeah. stomach it, man. I had one medallion. I was like, that's it, dude. I'm glad I didn't shoot this because then I'd feel bad if I didn't eat it. You know, like somebody's got to eat it, but yeah. you're responsible for that now. The yeah, other guy with us, Josh, he's like, oh, God, this is what I got to <laughs> eat now. Yeah. The other guy that was with us, Josh, he was like, I don't know what you guys are complaining about. This is pretty good. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> oh, do you have COVID, man? Like, do you not yeah. taste right now? Something's going on. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, I, I've heard, I've heard stories about mountain goats like that. That you, like they like I even seen it on like line or like on YouTube. Like they this you can see like the shock wave and it's just like they just like take it and there's like kind of like just slowly move. I'm like, it just looks like they just eat that thing. I think Dude, too with mountain with mountain goat and same with sheep. Um, you know, a lot of times when you shoot them, they they go tumbling, and I think that just chews up that meat and you know does like the uh opposite of tenderizing kind of and can kind of get it all bloodshot and everything yeah see this one i don't remember how many rounds he put into it i could go back and watch the videos and count it up but it ended it didn't tumble luckily mm -hmm. it ended up dying about four feet from a hundred foot drop though and yeah. so we got up there and it was still alive. It was probably about 15 feet, maybe 10 feet away from it, the drop. And we get up there and we can tell it's still alive. So he puts another round in it and it turns and starts heading down towards the cliff. And we're like, no, no. And I'm in the video like, just die, please just die. Like, don't go down there. And it got to the point where uh, my buddy, Sean, the hunter, he like just takes off running and he like grabs it by the horn and pulls it up away from the cliff mm -hmm. just so it doesn't fall down. And I was like, dude, that could have been a mess. You know, like you're dude. up here, yeah, potentially a once in a lifetime hunt. And all of a sudden your, your animal takes a dive that far. I mean, who knows how much that's going to ruin. Like we, we already had to take a picture of the, one of the quarters because it was completely destroyed. I mean, there was nothing to save off of it. It's opposing shoulder was just like blown apart because it was a quartering shot, a quartering away shot for one of them. And I mean, it just, there's not a lot of meat on those things, or at least that one, there wasn't. Mm -hmm. Like, I fit all of the meat very, very easily into my backpack. Um, really? Yeah. They look like a and big animal, though. Is it just all like, They all look huge. Her? Like, when you walk up to them, they look huge, and you skin them out, and you're like, dude, this is like a dog. I mean, it's... There's, there's not much. And then on top of that, the gut sack, it had the biggest gut sack in comparison <laughs> yeah. to the body that I've ever seen on an animal. I mean, it was like, it had a beer belly. And so I bet you, I wouldn't be surprised if it only had like 20% of its body weight, maybe 25% was in muscle and everything else was guts, bones, and fur. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like it was big, nuts. It was shocking. Like animal. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I'm sure, like, if you get a big, big billy, that it, yeah, you know, you're gonna get more meat off of it. But this one was just not. It didn't seem like there was much. I was blown away. I'm like, dude, I feel like we need to pack this whole thing out because anybody seeing how much meat we have is gonna be like, you left a lot of meat up there. Mm -hmm. And we're like, no, we cleaned off every bit of bone we could, and this is all it was. It was a very small amount. 
that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. What, uh, what what do you guys have going on right now in the outdoor world? I mean, are you guys completely done with seasons? Are you just gearing up for turkey now? I'm trying. It's all about that turkey time, baby. Yeah. I'm your favorite time turkey. of year. Hold on. Are you guys diehard turkey hunters? Oh, my uh, gosh. I'm – it's probably my – I mean, we don't have much around here. I'm, I used to be a giant waterfowler. I mean – yeah, I hunted deer for a couple years with my dad, and then he kind of got out of it. And then my buddies were all getting into the waterfall game. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I still want to hunt my buddies. And now I'm, my buddy actually had just bought a couple years to go 40 acres, like an hour from us. So we've been trying to manage that. We've had, I'll send you some pictures after the fact of some bucks that we had. And uh, we've been trying to manage it, trying to, you know, got, we got, the whole surveillance all like we have like i think we got like 15 cameras on this 40 acres just because it's so thick i mean there is thickets everywhere so i've been getting really back into uh the whitetail game uh i i listened to your buddy your podcast with the louisiana guy about saddle hunting and i just got into saddle hunting this year and i'm absolutely in love with it it's the it's best, a game changer isn't best it best thing to slice bread Oh, it is. It's amazing. I we live turkey hunting uh, here at Jumping Stream, um, having shot bear, elk, uh, all the deer. It's still my favorite. It's uh, turkey is still turkey your is. Elk. It's the gobble, man. It's like it's like going. It's like you're almost you're you left rehab and you've almost made it, and then you hear that gobble. And it's like, all right, my, uh, the funniest thing I've ever heard is my wife. Um, and this is a quote directly from her is that every year I bust out the calls, get them rocking. She hears that first, uh, Yelp go. And she's like, every year I would rather die than live through another Turkey season. Cause from <laughs> February until May, it's just yelping, gobbling, clucking. I mean, it's, and they've got, Every slate call, every style, I got to try them all out every year as if I forgot what they sound like. Um, and Cole's, Cole's the same way. And Cole's a lot better turkey hunter than I am. He's been doing a lot longer. Um, but we've been pretty fortunate. Um, we usually tag out every year, so it's been it's been awesome. So it's you, the gobble you, that gets you, huh? The gobble. It's the gobble. But when, a bull elk bugle doesn't get you more jacked than a gobble? Well, here's the deal. When I hear bugles, it's always off in the distance. Um, oh, I've okay. had a couple, I've had a couple close calls uh, during archery season, but it's like there's no chance. When there's the gobble, it's like I can make this happen. And then yeah. if I let, if it goes bad, it's not like a crushing defeat. You put a stock on a bull elk all day long, it's like the most crushing feeling you could ever have knowing that that's the last time you'll see that bull elk and it's not going to happen dude that's the beauty of it though it's like oh man i just put in so much work now when i do connect with this bull it's just going to be like everything oh yeah don't get me wrong i love it right i love turkey i feel like it's 
See, I get it. Like when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, okay, I'm hunting turkey. Oh, that turkey didn't come in. I'm not devastated about it, you know, because all I had to do is sit here. Yeah. And then when it does happen, it's like, oh, that turkey came in. And all I did was sit here, you know, like that's my thing with it. I mean, Cole, you've listened to the podcast. Nick, I don't know how much you've listened to it. I am. I'm the guy that like when it, when you live in a state and you're not a fan of their football team and you have to hear people talk about how good their football team is. Oh, this is our year. This is our year. That's me with turkey hunting. Okay. I just listen to people like, oh, dude, there's nothing. Spring thunder, man. There's nothing like it. It's crack for the hunter. And I'm just like, yeah, it's all right. But yeah, I'm like, I just. I don't know what it is. I I I don't want you guys to be deceived by this because I have been getting more into turkey hunting lately, right? Mm-hmm. I found myself today thinking about turkeys, which mm-hmm. is like the earliest I've ever thought about turkeys in the year. I I'm I'm like coming around and I I'm enjoying it, right? I've always enjoyed it, but yeah. now I'm actually like, okay, it's going to be fun. I am looking forward to those spring Dan, mornings where I'm sitting there. Dan, it's okay. Hopefully... We've all been where you are. Um, we have a group called TA. Uh, we meet every Thursday at 7. Um, you're welcome to join us. So we talk turkeys. <laughs> no, I, One, man, day, that's, man. That's how it was. One day I'll be that's a diehard turkey hunter. Yeah, well, now you got your property. You guys, once you get those that first turkey on your own property, it's it's a game changer. Oh, listen, man, that, oh, okay, dude, I almost panicked there for a second. I was like, no, I was thinking about it. I'm like, a turkey's going to be the first animal I kill on my property. <laughs> yep. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going rabbit hunting tomorrow. So that is not the case. I will be killing rabbits tomorrow and not turkey. So I'm going to pop if you know my what's good, if you know property what's good cherry for you, on rabbits. No, if you know I, what's good for you, you're going to wait for that turkey. <laughs> we'll see man i've never seen turkey on this property but i have seen some big bucks i've seen a lot of rabbits so far um i've had deer oh my gosh dude they're coming in on a cycle every two hours i've had deer at deer in the woods all day long today um Hell and yeah. then i've had a raccoon on camera but i haven't been over on this portion of my property or driven by it even very much even when i used to drive by i could see the other side um but Uh like turkey hunting here dude i can almost if you come out and put the time in and you're even decent at calling i could almost guarantee you two two turkeys in the spring like there are that many of them out here and dude the fact that i can kill a turkey every single year tells you how many turkeys there are out here and how maybe i don't like them that much because they're not a challenge here they're easy dude if I can kill turkeys, anybody can kill can kill turkeys. No, it it's in Indiana. We only allowed one bird. You, like I've had plenty of years where I've been. There's been you like this story. There was a time I couldn't open. I couldn't hunt. I usually take off every opening day of turkey season, uh, deer season. I take off every opening day except for I couldn't take off waterfall season because I was in uh, Montana. But I couldn't hunt opening opening morning, which I was super bummed about. I was 
had to work next to these guys to make sure I could get my electric in while they're doing vice versa. So my uncle's properties is what I hunt and I dropped my stuff off at his barn. He's got a barn there and I drove my work van there and I bought my turkey tag in my van and I walked out there. The I'm like, I'm ever hunting this in the evening. I usually hunt it in the morning. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get to the edge of the woods, give a yelp, see where they're at. I did that. They're 40 yards from me. And I'm like, jeez. Okay. I just got to sit down right here. And within 25 minutes, I, I shut that, that, my season lasted 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I was nervous. I was nervous to like tag my turkey online thinking like the DNR, like, I'm like, should I do it? Wait the 48 hours because they're gonna be like, he just bought his tag 25 minutes ago and he's already got a turkey. Yeah, dude, I've done that before. I've bought a tag and I was like, man, it is gonna, it's got to be suspicious. You would think for people you, to yeah. buy a tag and then not that long. I want to say that happened to me a couple of years ago. I bought a tag for archery season. Oh, that's what happened actually. So I bought. I bought a tag for, I might get this flipped, but you'll get the gist of it. I bought a tag for uh, archery season, but I accidentally went on and bought my rifle tag. So mm-hmm. I go out to hunt, and I'm sitting in the stand, and for some reason I was like, man, I feel like something's wrong. Like, I just, you know that weird feeling where you're yeah, like, something's weird, off, and I don't know what it up. was. And so I was like, I wonder, so I get on the on the MDC app, and I look, and I'm like, shoot, I'm hunting right. Like, I'm out here with a bow, and I just accidentally bought uh, uh, my general license, which comes with a buck and a doe, or sometimes it's a buck and two does. And then I bought a bonus doe, but I bought them all for rifle and not for archery. And I'm like, dang it. So luckily, I've got service in the tree, so I go back on, and I buy the the archery permits. And then I ended up shooting one. And I'm like... <laughs> I guarantee someone's going to be calling me like, hey, man, yep. something doesn't really add up here, but I'm glad that I didn't shoot the deer first and then yeah, buy yeah. the tag. You know, like shoot it, realize <laughs> yeah. my mistake. I think at that point I probably would have just called uh, yeah. the Department yeah, of Conservation like, hey, and been like, hey, guys, honest mistake. Like I, I meant to buy a tag, clicked the wrong ones. I was in a hurry trying to get a last minute, whatever. But I can see how accidents like that happen. And I feel like that type of thing, they're pretty understanding about. If they catch you like a week later and you're like, oh, yeah, I just shot one. And they're like, you don't have a tag. It's like that might be a little bit different. But if you, but yeah. get, I feel like if you, as long as you're 100% honest with them, you know, they're not going to, yeah. they're not going to get you for anything. You know, they're just yeah. like, all right, you know, next time, you know, just be conscious about this. Be like, all right, yeah, no problem. Unless. You can't show up with the seven by seven at the DNR station and be like, ah, I thought he was a spike turning myself in. Sorry. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Yeah. That might, that might not work. Yeah. But, oh, I didn't realize archery season started uh, last week <laughs> and I shot this massive trophy bull elk with a rifle. Can you cut me but some I'm being slack honest. here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honesty will yeah. only get you so far, I guess. Yeah, out yeah. here in, in the western states, a lot of times, I mean, even if you're honest, they'll be like, okay, we won't give you a ticket, but we still got to take the animal because, yeah. you know, they, I, I mean, it makes sense because 
you truly just can't have, oh yeah, I hit this, hit this giant bull elk with my truck or, and then I had to, you know, put a bullet into him because he was suffering or, um, you know, whatever. I accidentally shot this animal, but I'm turning myself in. So then they'll still, you know, if they think you're telling the truth, they won't write you a citation, but they'll still, they still got to take the animal because they don't want to yeah. have well, that and, happening all I the mean, time. In all reality, too, I feel like there's got to be some type of negative uh, response so that you learn something, right? Oh, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. if it was just Absolutely. like, oh, no big deal, whatever, keep the animal. I mean, the the odds of something like that happening again probably go through the roof. Whereas if there's a pretty negative response to it, you're, you're going to be like, man, I'm really going to double check. I'm going to make sure I've got mm -hmm. my ducks in a row, like everything's lined up, all the T's across and dies eyes dotted and uh yeah i feel like you've got to you've got to learn from your mistake you know and if there's if there's no repercussions you're probably not going to learn as quickly <laughs> yeah yeah yep. check your regs triple check dude them. and do it every year oh, i ran i tell people that all the time every year those, i ran over those montana regs so much because they're it, it was like reading, it was like trying to read geometry back in high school. I'm just like, Oh, okay. This is, you do for this, for this, you do I'm like, Oh boy, this is a, this is harder than high school. Dude. When you first pick up one of those Western regulation books, like you almost mm -hmm. need a regulation book to explain the regulation book. I mean, it's, you do. it's, it's pretty overwhelming. I need one of those, uh, those guy, those dummy guides to you know, like they always used to come up with dummy guide, the electrical or something like that. <laughs> dummy guide to Western, Western big game hunting, how to, how to read the regs. Yeah. How to wake, how to wake up during a bear attack on time for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what they should do. They should have the different categories. So, you know, how it'll say like deer and then it's the next five pages and then elk is the next seven pages. And then it, what it should yeah. be like, Hey, flip to page. 85 if you're an idiot and are going to have a hard time with this all right this is exactly what you need to know to be legal yeah. now go yeah. ahead and pick your unit now go ahead and apply whatever yeah. yeah that's funny so uh what what's the next or what's on the agenda for this year for you guys any uh big hunts planned or what are you guys putting in for uh just i really wish we could get some ice here in indiana it's been a pretty mild winter we've just had a I'm a real big ice fisherman. I love doing that. Um, I really want to, my, I got still talking over with the wife about, I either want to go back out to Montana or I got a couple cousins in Colorado that are actually on the SWAT team and uh, they got a lot of hunting buddies out there. So they invited me out to go to Colorado. So I got to talk to him soon, kind of get something straightened out. Like now that I get all my, like out, like my big game stuff, like I'm ready you know, that's, that's the biggest part is just getting all your gear, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, so trying to try that Me and my buddy are actually that had that property. We're planning on doing a little bit more management this year. It's a really hard property to hunt cause it's so thick. So we, the wind just kills us there. We've were only able to hunt it so many days last year cause the way that the wind blows into the bedding areas and stuff like that. So we plan on doing some, I don't like it. Uh, the like big scent proof box blinds. We want to do a couple of those. I like, I'm, 
old school. I just want to sit in a tree and yeah. hopefully something comes past, you know, but you know, we, we had some really, really great bucks on camera last year. And uh, we just never had a good opportunity at him just because the wind was so bad. So we plan on doing a little bit more management on that. We're going to plant some more food plots. We planted one last year that got, we planted it, I think a little too early and it just got devoured by the deer. I mean, we had trail cameras on it and it just, as soon as it came up, it was gone. So we want to try managing that a little better. Maybe one of my buddies out by me, he puts an electric fence around his so we might try yeah. doing something like that just to keep them out. Other than that, I really, I haven't shot. This might, you might just want to kick me off the podcast right now. I have not shot a whitetail buck since I was, a, I'm 29. So I haven't shot one since I was 18. I just, I've had, I found when I finally got back into it, I just, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go after I'm going to shoot some does. So I've shot plenty of does, but I'm like, just yeah. going to go after the big one. Just, I'm going for an absolute giant. And now I'm to the point, I'm like, as long as it's mature, I don't really care how big it is. You know, it could be a small yeah. eight by eight, but as long as it's mature, that's what I'm going for. Dude, and that's so, fine. I that's- mean, if, you, if you've if you got a dry spell like that, I mean, nobody's going to give you a hard time yeah. for that. As long as the criteria is set by you, you know, and that's what yeah. I try to get across to people all the time. Like, it doesn't matter what everybody else says, what YouTube shows, what the people on Instagram say. Like, shoot what makes you happy, you know. And yep. if you're hunting property with other people, get on board with a management plan. So don't just shoot whatever. But if yep. if they're if they're on board with it and they're like, dude, if you want to shoot it, if, if it gets your heart racing, go for it. You know, yep. I'm fine that's with what, that. Yes. I think I think everybody should just instead of limiting themselves because of what they think others are going to say ever. Yeah. Here's the deal. No matter what deer you shoot, unless it's like a state record, mm-hmm. people are going to be like, ah, he probably could have been bigger next year. You know, yep. there's mm-hmm. always going to be that guy. A short so, D three on his left side. Yeah. If you're yeah. waiting to shoot a deer that everybody's going to be happy with, you're never going to yeah, shoot a deer because you're yeah. like, nothing's ever going to make everyone happy. Well, that's why I was, you know, from you know that one time that actually you could probably see him right there. That's that's the last I killed. Um, yeah. After that, I'm like, I you know I was always I was 18. I was, didn't know anything. Like I knew okay, this is hunting season. I'm gonna go out there and hunt as many days as I can. And one's gotta walk past me. And I was like, and I was watching all these hunting shows, food plots, shoot big deer. So I'm like, okay, food plots bringing big deer, all I'm shooting is big deer. I've had plenty of deer opportunities, but like, this is how I'm going to do it. Just big deer, big deer. That's, that's all anybody cares about. Now that I'm older, I'm just like, as long as, like, and the shows have been watching right now, or, you know, like, I don't know if you ever broken point on you, they just shoot mature deer or, or nice deer. That's all I want. That's, you know, our rule on my buddy's property is is if you'd mount it or you're happy with it that's you know that's that's what you can shoot shoot it and be like ah maybe i should have waited you know don't as long as it makes you happy and you be like oh i'm gonna get this thing mounted or you know i I can't wait to hang the skull the european mount on my wall that's that's what gets me going that's 
and that's all I'm looking for is something that's just going to get my heart racing and, and make me happy. Yeah. But no, that's like, cool. I was, I was just always like 170 and up. That's, that was in my mind in high school. Oh, <laughs> Bro, I would have to move to a different state, man. I never yeah. see those deer. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. My, my uncle, he, he's the one that farms most of the property. Uh, we live on a family farm of, uh, I don't live on it now, but my mom and dad do of 2000 acres. He's in the fields every day. So he's seeing all these mature deer all the time and he knows where they're hanging out at. And he was every year shooting opening day of shotgun season, always shooting these 160 to 170 inch deer. I'm like, well, they're around here, so I'm just waiting for that. I, you know, that's that's all. I'm like, well, I'm not the one in the fields, you know, every single day of the year farming, you know, realizing what these deer's patterns are. Yep. No, that's true. Uh, well, hey, I want to give you guys because I know we're coming up on time. I know for you, Nick, it's not that late. Um, but uh, me and Dan, it's getting me late. And Cole, man, we're we're <laughs> in the Central Time Zone. Uh, before we hop yep. off, though. Uh, why don't you guys share about your podcast, about your YouTube channel, what people can expect if they go on and listen or go on and watch, and uh, where where they can find it? Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, anywhere you get your podcast, jumping the string. That's our uh, that's our namesake. Um, just because Cole and I grew up doing archery hunting so much, and um, we love archery hunting. And we usually lose a couple deer a year to um, them jumping the string. So that's kind of where the name came up from. Um, our uh, Instagram, jumping the string. Same with YouTube, jumping the string. Um, pretty active on the Instagram. Um, this year, we're going full out on our podcast. So, um, you know, check. We got, wait, so coming. We got, we, got new lo- we got a new logo coming soon, right? Yep. Yep. We're going, going all out on it. So, uh, yeah, if you, uh, um, want to check us out, jumping the string, um, we've got uh Turkey hunt coming up, obviously we've got a awesome Turkey video on our YouTube. Um, it's already on there. Yep. yep. It's already out. Uh, our buddy Jeremy shoots a Turkey in the breastplate and the arrow bounces off. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And, uh, Dang. we've got a, uh, awesome pack rafting video from a wilderness trip um our friend Roe and uh our wives did uh two years ago now so if you're into the the wilderness stuff backcountry stuff that was a seven day uh 60 mile backcountry travel on foot and pack raft and that was pretty awesome so some cool videos out more to come cole's got his bear hunt from last fall that'll be coming out shortly and uh we got uh we got spring bear in Montana coming out. We got spring bear in Idaho coming up. Um, and then it's turkey time, baby. See, here's the deal, man. I just right now realize I can prove that turkey hunting isn't as important to you as you think it is. Because your podcast and your YouTube channel are called Jumpin' the String and not I Do It for the Gobble. <laughs> hey. We love all types of hunting. Turkey hunting's <laughs> my personal favorite. Um, uh, we would be more into archery, but Cole keeps setting us back. He, uh, we got an episode, uh, if you can find it. Um, Cole, uh, Cole glued his arrow inserts in backwards and then proceeded to shoot them all. And uh, he got a shotgun pattern, essentially, out of his bow. So, uh, Oh, yeah. my gosh. 
So it was a whole set us back a, a couple times. But wait, how uh, do you glue your arrow insert in backwards? So I, have you ever heard of vector arrows? Yeah, they're now so uh, method the, archery now, I believe. Are they? Yep, they uh, got, did a name so, change actually. So they send you a. I could so you can see it for. Uh, they send you this black this metal sleeve oh, that okay, goes I over see. it. Yep. Well, I thought, you know, man, don't <laughs> read direction. I thought because there's an insert that goes inside of it. I thought you put the insert in this and you slide it on like that. And I did that. I'm like, that looks really weird. And I'm like, I guess I'll do the um, other six arrows the same way. <laughs> I, only, I did six arrows that way. I, I kept six arrows different. And then, and then I shot it. And I'm like, yeah, this, it's like flying like this, like through the air. And, and so I, that makes, I okay. That makes more sense. Cause I'm used to like the actual inserts that inserts. slide into it and they've yeah, got that collar is... on the end that catches it. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know. Like you just surface glued them together. Yeah, no, I misspoke. It was his outsert. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out. I got shout it. out to those guys though. They, uh, they, Cole. they sent me some new, they sent me some arrows. I, so as in long the reg book, they need them. to, in the reg book, it needs to also be arrow building for dummies. Yeah. Yep, yep, okay. Yep. Sweet. So but yeah, I we got the. Uh, yeah, it was a go good ahead. time. Yeah, they uh, they gave him some they gave him some free arrows because they we he gave him permission to make fun of them on their podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you paid for it in humiliation. Said, hey. Yep. I said, hey, you're gonna think this is real stupid, but I glued a couple of my inserts, my outserts. <laughs> bad and i sent him a picture of it i said yeah i'm stupid and i said <laughs> do you i like because the epoxy that they had i'm like can i heat it up like just slowly like turn the arrow and heat it up and then like pull it out and re redo it is that gonna be okay they're like we really don't recommend it but uh you gave us a good laugh uh yeah i hope you don't mind if we share this on your our podcast and uh, we'll send you a couple more arrows and I said, no, go ahead. So they sent me arrows and they even sent me a free hat. So shout out to now Method Archery for for the arrows and the hat. I, I appreciate it. Cause now listen, was, everybody listening to this or watching this on YouTube needs to send the jump in the string guys pictures of putting things in backwards. So like your <laughs> shotgun shell, just put it yeah. in backwards. Yep. Uh, your boots, just put those on backwards, maybe on the wrong feet. And then we'll just make this thing go viral Heck and just yeah, have a lot man. of fun with it. All at Cole's no. expense. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm used to it. I'm usually the brunt of everybody's jokes. So I was as soon as they said, "Do you mind for using the podcast?" I said, "No, I need to give everybody else a good laugh too." Because it gave myself a laugh too. Because I shot that arrow. I'm like, "Yeah, this is, this ain't <laughs> this killing is not, anything. This is, this is not right." No. That's funny. Well, man, I appreciate you guys hopping on. Best of luck with spring spring bear hunts, with the draws coming up, with turkey hunting. Even, even oh my gosh, even with turkey hunting, and Nick, man, I'm excited for you to be excited about the gobbles. Yes, thank you. And then uh, we let we let that go to the side, and then um, we bust out the 
the bugle tubes and then the wives go I would rather die than live through another elk season. And then it's just a <laughs> continuous rotation. And, um, but we appreciate it, man. We really, we really, uh, great. Thanks for having us on. We had a great time and we'll have to have you on ours as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let me know anytime. Awesome. I, I'm glad I got to hold you, Dan. You know, before we get off, I got to tell just a quick, quick story. I've been following you on TikTok and Instagram for, a while I like I saw your TikTok one time and I'm like, man, that seems like a a good podcast. I have to listen to it. Then I, you actually posted like a long time ago about guests. And I went to I don't know what happened. I I thought I sent it through and then I never got any response back. I'm like, oh must must be full. No, no big deal. Then when I then when he asked for guests this time and I got him like, oh this one actually went through. Maybe I just didn't do it right last time. So I have been, I've been following you for a while and I appreciate all your TikToks. I show my wife because she's she's like, oh that's a pretty good one. I said I said, yeah. Really true. <laughs> it's I'm I'm glad people relate to it. And it's funny, I feel I feel terrible because with the form submissions, like trying to go through those is crazy. And I didn't realize it. It, it'll go for like a week where every form submission comes through as one email. And then all of a sudden, I, I didn't realize this until after, I bet you I missed hundreds of form submissions. One time I saw oh, it really? and it had the number 52 next to it on oh, one email. No. And I was like, wait, what? And I, I open it and then I scroll down and it's literally 52 different form submissions that all came through in one email. And I'm like, dude, oh, I don't no. know how long this has been going on. And so I think that's just an error with the, whatever platform it's using. Uh-huh. I've got to figure it out. There's got to be something weird that either the, the guests can click or that I can uncheck to keep that from mm-hmm. happening so that they all come in individually. But it's fun, man. I love I love reading the submission forms. Like, there's some people who are just like, "Man, I kind of suck at hunting, but I like talking about it." You should have me on, and I'm like, "You <laughs> nope. sound awesome," and I feel like we'd have a lot of fun talking. Yeah, that's our big but, thing is we're just a couple average Joes. You know, we're not in it to to be famous or make a bunch of money. We're just average guys that love to hunt and talk about it and laugh at each other, laugh at Cole. Um, tell stories about Cole. Um, you know, Cole's got a sweet mullet, so um, we talk about that a lot. But yeah, it's a great time jumping the string. Thanks again for having us on, Dan. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. Man, I, I normally have a bunch of updates for you. I don't really have a whole lot new. Honestly, it's been like checking trail cameras. We did move into an apartment. I'm still trying to get the tractor running that dumpy blue trailer if you follow on social media is off the property but really the next big thing i'm just hoping to get that tractor running soon so that i can start getting food plots in uh here this spring i know it's been a little bit warmer but i know winter is not over yet here so um yeah that's basically it hoping to find some more sheds do some trips Ooh, actually i do have a couple updates so my buddy brian and i are going to head down to Colorado. We're going to shed hunt Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona with Stephen Walker. He's a guy I've had on the podcast a couple times, as well as the Western Rookie Podcast, and I'm really looking forward to that trip. So that's going to be fun. 
We're also going to go down and see Scout, see how his training's coming along. He does have an eye issue right now, which they're going to get that looked at. But we're going to go hang out with uh, Best Retrievers down there in Texas. And then also, I'm probably going to bump over with Landon and Brandon from Rogue Texan Outfitters and do another helicopter hog hunt. So, I said there wasn't a lot of updates. That's quite a few updates. Anyways, I think that's all I got for you guys today. So, until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.